Welcome back, podcast friends, to I Am Healthy and Fit. I Am Healthy and Fit is the affirmation that begins changing your health and fitness from the inside out. I'm Steve Jordan, your health and fitness coach. Welcome, Neely Fisher, to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast for a second time. You're actually one of only two guests that has been back to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast, and it's a pleasure to have you here. Love it, Steve. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, it was awesome to hear from you uh, to be on the show. You've got lots to talk about. You're always up to amazing and great things. Um, I love getting your newsletter and seeing all the things that you're up to, traveling the world, being the best that you can do in yoga and fitness and lifestyle and cooking, nutrition. Um, You recently just wrote a book, uh, a best-selling book, uh, which I'm super stoked to talk about. Um, but you're also up to other things right now because the world is in sort of a, it's, it's that, it turned upside down. Let's just say, let's say that, um, you know, we are in uncertain times uh, as we, we record this, which is on April 20th. We're in a pandemic, uh, COVID-19. We've had several guests on to talk about this, but I'm interested to get your perspective on this because uh, one, you're an entrepreneur, to uh, you are a mother of four um, and a wife. And I think it's really important for our listeners to understand or get some insights or advice on how to manage this all, right? How to manage a life, how to manage first your life, manage your family and your business and keep it all together. You're juggling like four or five different things in the air. That's really challenging during a time like this. So let's start there. How do we create certainty in these uncertain times, being a mom, an entrepreneur, um, a woman who's an influencer in, in so many ways? So tell us, what's the secret? Thanks, Dave. I mean, I, like, I hope I've got the secret. I think for, you know, for a lot of us, it's going to look very different. But ultimately, as we know, as human beings, we crave certainty. And you know, it. it we, we, we need to know that food's going to be on the table in the morning. We want to know that we wake up, you know, and, and all the things that we need around us are going to be fulfilled. And, um, and obviously, you know, so many of us are being nostalgic about the past and we're being, uh, you know, fearful and anxious about the future. And I think for starters, the biggest thing we can do is focus on the gifts of the present and come up with a realistic plan to manage the current situation of our lives. And I think, you know, if we have this, if we had this conversation last week, and if we have this conversation next week, we'll, we'll be in a different state, right? Mm. And, you know, the constant um, new information, conflicting information, if, if all we do is just ride the wave of what's going to be, or what was, and when are we going to get that back, we could literally drive our monkey mind insane. So my biggest strategy, and I have a lot going on right now, in fact, more than ever, and if you're a mom out there listening, you're probably with me, and um, it's, it, it, we need to just take things one step at a time, one day at a time, have a plan for the day. It's now uh, 5.46 in the morning, and, um, and I still wake up at 5 a.m. despite the fact that I do have all day. In fact... My, my son doesn't have to, he has Zoom class that starts at 9 a.m. I mean, if you ever told me that my kid doesn't have to get up till 9 a.m., I'd be like, wow, like what kind of dream life is that? He's usually up at six and I have no time to breathe. Now, you know, I've got the whole morning and I still wake up at my normal hour because that's how I keep myself in check. 
that's my time. In fact, I have more time in the morning to do my workouts and my, and my practice and my, I started running and um, I do all that stuff before the kids wake up. And so, you know, really thinking about, it's really stressful to think about all the things in our world that we can't control. Listen, my job is like pretty much getting on a plane every week. And, you know, I've been working on like lots of things that are now like obviously not going to happen. So many of us have plans that have been derailed and changed or whatever. And um, we just we have to have a plan B and like really just embrace the things that we can control versus stress about the things that we can't control. Mm. Well, I love what you said. You got a plan uh, ahead of time of a big believer. If you fail the plan, you plan to fail. Right. And right. That is, that's a, the old cliche. Um, but what if you don't have a plan B? Like what if you just have been somebody who's just been laser focused, you know, like just knocking everything down like you hit and, you know, you really didn't think about a plan B. And many people are at a life, at a point in their life, you know, at 45, 50, where maybe the current life that they had or the jobs and things that they were doing served them then, but are no longer serving them maybe because of the change that was, that was uh, dictated by what's going on. Or maybe they just had a wake up call and they just had realized, you know what, I didn't really enjoy this or I'm at the end of that and I want to create something new. What would you tell those people if they didn't have that plan B and how you go about restructuring your life? I think a plan B is not necessarily a, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be an action plan. I think a lot of people are, are now, the new thing I'm hearing is that people are so stressed out that they have to kind of come out of this, emerged with insight, emerged with a new business plan. Um, you know, I just studied French and I can, I'm now fluent and like, I, you know, like I did my own nails. I, I learned mm -hmm. how to do gel nails and I'm like, Ooh, I just learned a new skill. Like uh, you know, whatever, tiny little things. Right. And, um, and I think the pressure of having to come out of this with some sort of like new plan, new roadmap. I'm listen, I, I feel that pressure too, because I'm in a space where actually there's some opportunity right now for a lot mm -hmm. of us. There's opportunity. I mean, for a lot, and for a lot of us, it's the opposite. There's devastation and loss. And I think a plan B is a mindset too. Like mm. we just embrace, you know, this time and um, we're just going to have to let it ride out. Like there is no easy. Answer. I think if we can come out of this um, sane, having, uh, having, you know, built up our relationships having called the people that we loved being, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a better mom. I'm trying to like, you know, build my repertoire of like interesting foods that I serve them and like getting involved in their lives and whatever it is. Like, um, I think we're just going to have to like, let this one ride out and just continue to create healthy practices for ourselves that, that allow us to not emerge like a totally psycho, crazy 10 pounds overweight, you know, whatever, like unhappy human. <laughs> Definitely. No doubt. Now you're, you had mentioned earlier, it's 530 AM there. It's 730 PM here in Los Angeles. You're in Israel right now. Um, what is the sentiment about all of this there? Uh, knowing that, I mean, very different cultural, very different beliefs. Um, I've been there before. Um, I just love the people, the people live to live, you know, like, I mean, they're just, they, they, you know, they, they work hard, but they play equally as hard and they enjoy life. 
So what's it like out there as far as, you know, with everything going on and the mindsets there and how being you're American born and raised, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So you're born and raised in America. How does, how does that, like, how, is there a difference in, you know, belief based on what we're experiencing today? Um, that's a good question. Look, I mean, the general answer is it's a really cool thing to see how so many of us are in such different places and yet experiencing many of the same things. Like you and I had this conversation before we started the podcast and it's like, you know, we're all just, we're all just at home. We're all keeping to ourselves. I haven't seen friends in six weeks. Um, you know, same, you know, we're pretty much just like going to the grocery store or ordering in online and kind of hunkering down. Um, I think it may have taken, um, culturally, it might have taken people here a little longer. Um, and I think there's still this sort of weariness um, because people here are kind of like, ah, there's a saying in, in Hebrew that it, it's all going to be okay. And mm-hmm. in a way, there's actually some beautiful campaigns, you know, that kids are like drawing, like paintings around and you see them around the streets, like it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's actually very beautiful. But I think people have a mindset of like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. And, um, you know, on the flip side, you have, you know, small business owners that are crying on the streets that they had to just shut down their little falafel stands. And there's like a lot of little mom and shop businesses. The restaurant industry here is huge. Mm. Um, the whole, you know, there's, it's very much a European dining culture. And so like much of what people do, um, you know, even like hardworking people will like stop and have a cup of coffee at 10 a.m. with a buddy at the, at the little cafe. And so mm. I think like, people are like a little bummed about that but in general you know my experience at least um and we're in a a suburb of tel aviv is that people are relatively you know optimistic and generally following the rules it took a while for people to adopt the rules like who me like there's like this macho culture like i don't need a mask i'm good like you know it's Mm. gonna be fun you know but now people are like you know it's a law to wear a mask out you can't really Uh cross more than 100 meters they just changed that to 500 meters yesterday you just can't really keep up. You just kind of have to plow through. It's every day um, there's something new for sure. People are like, I think people are resilient and we're like finding little opportunity. Like when they said you can't leave your house more than a hundred meters, like people like there's like these apps that could figure out like how to map a run around your hundred meters. Like you always stay a hundred meters from your house. Um, and so like people were like running and, you know, I think we're, we're, we're like resilient and creative. Yeah, no doubt. Well, as far as, I mean, in history, you can look, you can see that clearly as far as Israelis are probably, probably one of the most resilient cultures in the world. Uh, you know, from day to day, you guys are under pressure, you know, from surrounding countries, um, you know, globally and be, I think it's, uh, important. I think we all are learning new ways of being, um, and finding those little tweaks in life, however it looks to, be a little better, be a little freer, be more aware, uh, and even be happier. I'm, I'm finding even people might be a little bit more happy and a little less aggro, uh, at least from my experience here in LA, when I am out and about, people are a little more like, oh, like if you didn't know which, uh, if you were in line, because now when you go to the grocery store, like there are, you know, sections that you have to go in the aisle and there's six feet apart from each other. And then when you get there, you don't know what's going on and you're looking around and like and I stepped in line and there was a guy who actually got there before me. And I didn't realize until like a couple seconds later, I was like, wait, was that guy here before me? And I looked back and I was like, I'm sorry, did I jump in line in front of you? And he's like, 
that's okay. Don't worry about it. And I was like, all right, cool. But I think in the past people would have been a little bit more like, I don't know, they wouldn't have been as accommodating or as friendly because then he and I struck up a conversation after it's just been my experience. And that was one of a few that I can mention that, um, I just feel people a little more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that as well there? Yeah. And listen, despite the current hardship for many people around the world, and even despite the, the hardship that, that, you know, that parents like, like, like I am are facing with, you know, being home with kids and having to manage households and all the, all the added kind of jobs that we're now balancing that we didn't used to, right. You used to like wake up in the morning, go to work or whatever you did. And like the kids went to school and like now, you know, everything's, there's all these new added challenges. But I think despite that, and like I was saying earlier about my early mornings, there's, there's this downtime and it's, it's also like, it's like a downtime for our brains. And again, despite the fact that we could all, you know, we could be in our monkey minds worrying about the future, watching the news, blah, blah, blah. But even despite all that, there's this sort of energetic downtime because we're not running around. Like, in a way, I'm really enjoying the not constantly having to like schedule things and be, you know, like everything. I don't know about you, but like my life was always like, I mean, every 30 minutes there was a ping on my phone alerting me to some new thing I had to go to. And so I think that's allowing us for, um, allowing for like just a more relaxed state. Yeah. Like downtime is me time. I actually, I think I posted this morning, uh, like a real breakfast, you know? And I, I said like, I'm enjoying the actual, like being able to sit down and have a real breakfast at eight 30 in the morning, eggs and bacon and toast, and just like enjoy and a cup of coffee and sit there and eat it, you know, rather than being on the go or having to be somewhere and, you know, eating fast. So, um, you know, all this food talk is making me hungry, especially, uh, after talking to you, you have an amazing background in the culinary arts and cooking, uh, and you are now the best-selling author, author of your recent book called Food You Want for the Life That You Crave. Yeah, I was going to say choose. Um, so, uh, you know, I'd like to find out a little bit more how we manage, you know, our lives in the kitchen, especially now that we're home. You know, we go to grocery stores and there's not a lot of, a lot of things to choose from. Um, you know, so how do we make it creative? How do we keep it tasty? Um, because we definitely know eating at home is healthier and fitter than it is ordering out even at the healthiest of grocery stores or the healthiest of food deliveries, you know, they're not as healthy as cooking for yourself. So how do we, how do we keep it healthy and creative and tasty? Yeah. So I'm, I'm known as the flexible chef. Yeah. um, (laughs) Many, uh, the premise of my book was, was, was based around this concept of flexibility. And, and it's funny because a lot of the things that the premise of the book and the things that I talk about the book are now all of a sudden things that are necessities in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, every recipe, just to illustrate the point, every recipe has two defining components. One is a little sidebar that says nail this. And I give you this sort of like fast track secret for success to every recipe um, versus, you know how, like when you usually read a recipe, you got to like start to finish, read the whole thing through. And then you have to kind of imagine what it looks like. What are the steps? 
And, you know, what's the most important thing? Like, give me like a snapshot. This is why videos are so useful, right? Because you're like, oh, I see, you know, like the tasty videos overhead, like first this goes in, then that goes in. Don't forget to do that. And here's the most important thing. So I sort of like outline that for you from the start. So you don't have to be like reading fine print. And so, you know, everyone's biggest fear is that like they suck at it and like mm-hmm. the thing flops and they just wasted all this time and money and they're, and you know, and, and like the four-year-old spits out the muffin or whatever. Right. The defining characteristic is something that I call flip it and flip it are my little secret flexible flips. So it's everything from like, don't have, you know, the grocery store ran out of fresh tomatoes. Here's what to use instead. Like I have a whole list of swaps and I give you like tips and tricks for basically making it your own. The food is the, the book's called Food You Want for the Life You Crave. And it's all the kinds of food we want to look good and feel good, right? It's everything from appetizers to salads to desserts, but things have a sort of healthified spin on the one hand. On the other hand, I give you like indulgent treats as well and kind of show you how to balance it all. And, um, and I, again, I think more than ever, like we're all cooking flexibly and we're, we're opening the pantry and saying, what's for dinner? I have a bunch of sidebars in the book. And one of them is it's 6 PM. What the heck is for dinner? And I feel like mm. that's the story of a lot of our lives, despite the best laid out plans these days as well. Cause there's just so, I mean, how many dinners just been dinner after dinner. Right. And so, you know, I've got all these little tricks for like, you know, whatever meals under 10 minutes and all sorts of other things. And so my book is, is, um, I mean, I'm, at least the feedback I'm getting is that it's been such a great kind of toolbox right now, given the times that we're living in. And, um, and I've been putting out lots of new recipes and, you know, doing cooking lives on Instagram and stuff to kind of keep, even just keep my own creativity fresh coming up, trying new things, coming up new, with new things. I just made a, you know, shakshuka yesterday morning and we're, I'm, you know, I'm also experimenting with new flavors and, you know, it's spring, so new produce is coming out and thinking, how can I, how can I use these things up? And so it's been fun. So your Instagram is the flexible chef. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The flexible chef. So guys, check it out. Instagram, the flexible chef. Um, She definitely is. She's very entertaining, easy on the eyes, fun when you're cooking and the foods look amazing. I am going to give you a I'm, I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to put you under the, the, the spotlight for a second. So I like sardines. All right. I always buy like a can of sardines and I usually just eat it right out of the, right out of the can. Um, give us a quick recipe on how to make those sardines healthier or more balanced and bring mm. more flavor and more, more stuff together with it. What would be a great meal to do with that? I like sardines too. I always have sardines. In fact, funny, random funny note. Um, I, I have a little snack pack in my carry-on, like I said, because usually I'm on a plane and my carry-on actually just usually sits in the corner of my office over there and, and I keep my snack bag full because I don't know when the next time I'm getting on a plane. And I always have a can of sardines in ah, my travel bag. Oh. I mean, it's, the best. it's not a thing to open like on the plane next to right. your guy, but um, like if you're stuck and you need some protein in an airport, I think it's my totally. go-to. So that's awesome. So- that's what it's one of my go-tos as well. I love it. I always have them, and I think it's yeah. it's a nutrient. Uh-huh. I tell people they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. And it's it's cheap. It's it's it. They come in a bunch of different flavors. You know, if you eat it just out of the can, and I think it's really versatile. You can do a lot with it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's super healthy and fit. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I pretty much eat them out of a can too. Or That's how like, I do. 
or use them like I would canned tuna and pop them on top of a green salad or something. Mm. But if you want, if you like the sardine flavor, you could throw them into like a tuna burger or a salmon burger. I've been making a lot Ooh. of canned tuna and salmon burgers these days. There's a shortage of actually a fresh salmon right now here. Um, so I kind of stocked up in some like good wild caught stuff. And, um, and so you could smash those sardines into like a tuna cake. And like the simplest way to make that is just to, and I like using sardines and tuna in oil. They have way more flavor, um, mm-hmm. all, all preferably. And so you drain it. Like you could even do like a can of sardines, a can of tuna, drain them out, salt and pepper, a little mustard, maybe some almond flour and a couple eggs to bind it. And you, you make, actually, I just did a video on this. So I think it's on my Instagram even, so you could check it out. But you basically heat up a little butter or olive oil, tiny bit, and pan fry these little tuna patty things, or you could oven bake them if you want. And um, I feel like that would be yummy with sardines, actually. Now you're giving me an idea for dinner. Nice. Awesome. Sounds great. I knew you'd come back with something healthy and fit. Good, good stuff. And that was totally random. I'm like, I'm going to put her on the spot right now. <laughs> just because I know you, um, I, I felt comfortable and confident. All right. So let's talk about, um, you know, handling your kids. Um, you've got four. Uh, one is actually in Stanford, uh, but he's back home right now. Um, and he just finished his first year or is he in he's his first year? Middle of his first year. All right. I knew he was about to go somewhere. Um, how do you do all of this while keeping your kids like, you know, chilled at home or entertained or, you know, without them like getting under your skin and wanting to like murder each of them. So how do we, how do we do that? Um, what do you we, do? We do sometimes. <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, so for starters, I want to say that I don't know what I would do if I had babies at home. My friends that have little kids, um, although to be fair, that that's a whole, you know, everyone's got their challenges. And so I guess we'd have just, we'd just have different challenges. Um, but in my situation, my youngest is seven. And, um, so spring break was kind of difficult because everyone was sort of around my teenagers. I have a, a 12 year old, a 16 year old and a college kid. And so like, I don't see them until like one o'clock, like mm-hmm. literally they just do breakfast and lunch. Like they start with the eggs and then they go straight into the chicken salad, you know? Um, I think for me, it's it been really interesting specifically with my youngest to, um, to figure out ways to empower him to be more self-sufficient. And um, like there were days where he was on a Zoom call and he called me so many times in, you know, mommy, uh-uh. You know, I, can I have another snack? Help me. Like every, literally. And I started counting. And um, in in that one Zoom session, he called me 31 times until I wanted mm. to pull my hair out. And I was like, wait a minute. We need to create a system where they're self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, at the beginning, like the house was a mess. The kids were throwing their stuff everywhere. Now I, and I wasn't so militant about it, which is interesting for me because sometimes I can be. I'm like, okay, make your bed or no food, whatever. But um, like I make my own bed every day and, uh, and I said to my youngest, like, you know, let's make your bed. Like, look how nice your room feels if we make your bed. And like, he has like 50 stuffed animals. And so every morning he makes his bed. I don't have to tell him to do this anymore. Right. It's become, it's become a thing he does. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you make your bed and he arranges his little stuffed animals. And he realizes that like no one else is coming. So I better make it because my room feels better. Right. And, um, 
like, you know, he used to call me every five minutes to refill his water. And then I kind of thought about the genius idea of just filling up his water bottle, just like I would when he goes to school. Here's your water bottle. See you later. Um, he now has a Zoom schedule. So instead of me being like, okay, honey, math in 20 minutes, I'm like, here's the schedule. This is how you click on the PDF to enter the class. And so for the first time, this is all in the last two days, he's like actually managing his own Zoom life. And I'm like, oh, I haven't heard from him in like two hours. And I'll you know, peek in. I'm like, oh, he's on his call. And so, and it doesn't always work, right? And if you have kids that are, you know, less self-sufficient, you might have to come up with different strategies. But again, my, my whole thing is like, how can I make them self-sufficient? And mm. you know, even when it comes to meal times, like at the beginning, I was like, you know, the mom in the apron, like greeting them for lunch every day. And like, I, we have a group WhatsApp and everyone's in it, not in their own rooms. And I'm like, lunch in 15 minutes. And like, I'd be there setting the table. And I, I quickly realized that like, I had no life beyond setting the table, making dinner, cleaning up dinner, taking a shower because I was dirty from dinner, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, okay, guys, here's what's for lunch. There are the plates. Help yourself. You know, we're using the microwave. Don't judge me. And, you know, sometimes it's, I'll do a little salad spread and I'll, and we'll use up, you know, the proteins from the night before. And so it, it's just, uh, it's just working. It's just working mm -hmm. now. And I think, um, I think it requires just like anything, right? Going back to my cookbook and the recipes, if you want to, you know, you want to have a flexible, enjoyable day, right? Where you're not constantly on call. Um, you need to have a plan, right? If you mm -hmm. want to be able to wing dinner at 6 p.m., you need to have your pantry stocked. You need to have your mm -hmm. things. You need to have options. And it's the same thing. Great. You know, in this conversation, I started thinking about another question. And I think it's a, I believe it's a really important question. Uh, one that I've never addressed before. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And we're talking about health and fitness here and how to be healthy, how to be flexible. Um, you're, you know, you're very healthy. You live and promote a very healthy lifestyle from the inside out. How do we get our kids to eat healthier? Um, my wife and I were driving today and she looked at a kid that was probably no more than five or six years old. And she said, how do these kids get fat at five years old? Like, she's like, it's, that, it's not genetics, right? And I said, no, it's the parents' fault, really. I mean, everybody's born to be skinny, right? I mean, yes, some people have fat gene and I'm, and I'm going to get into conversation and debate over, you know, some of it. I know there's some, some little, there's some differences. I'm not everybody and everybody's the same, but like, what do you do when your kids don't want to eat healthy, even though you are trying to promote it at home? How do you get them to, to buy in, especially when they're going, maybe not now because they can't go out, but when they go to their friend's houses and you know they can eat anything they want, the bag of chips or the ice cream or the things that aren't good, and then it changes their taste, the buds, and the way they perceive food, and then they come home and try and eat something healthy, and they're like, I don't want it. So what do you do? Um, well, for starters, just to answer the, the, the whole kids are born skinny thing, I do happen to think that some kids are more predisposed. Like when I was a kid, I was sort of like more predisposed to get, to gain weight more than let's say my sister. And I see it mm -hmm. in my kids. Kids have more tendencies. Um, that isn't to say that there's an excuse for a five-year-old to be obese. And I agree with you that that's whatever he's eating. Right. But we yeah. do have tendencies, and it's interesting as a parent 
to watch our kids' tendencies and, and feed them appropriately, just like we want to parent and discipline children differently because they have different temperaments. We also need to understand their different, um, you know, nutritional needs and, and tendencies. Um, I, yeah, we started off by talking about modeling sort of in the intro, and I think that that's one of the biggest things. I actually have an article on my website, How to Get Your Kids to Eat Vegetables. It's been one of my, like, biggest retweeted or whatever, like, reshared things, and I have a whole step plan, but basically it does start with um, modeling the behavior. So if your kids see you snacking on potato chips, um, you know, and a can of beer watching TV at 10 a.m. in quarantine, like, you know, versus, you know, seeing you, like we have a little home gym. So versus like waking up and seeing mom at the gym, right? It's, it's all about how you live your life and how you're going to model that. And it's also about how the kind of the availability of stuff. So like, um, we have tons, like I have snack drawers, I have potato chips at home, I have all those things. And if I keep them at arm's reach, even by the way, for the 16 year old who, who has longer arms than me and can reach the top, but still, if it's at eye level, and we know this from like studies in cafeterias and in schools and stuff like that, if the, if, you know, if the crap is right in front of your eyes, that's what you're going to reach for because, you know, like it, it is more tempting to grab a bag of potato chips than it is to eat a that little bag of seaweed, which by the way, is a great snack. If you like potato chips, I love having seaweed snacks. Um, and so, you know, making the healthy stuff more available. Um, I think also we're in this really opportune time because we're home and we are cooking more. And although there's takeout every once in a while, we just ordered some like, you know, buffalo wings just for fun. Like we do that stuff too. But generally, like I said, it's salad bars for lunch with leftover proteins from dinner. And it's, you know, chicken and rice or salmon and kale or whatever that is for, you know, making lots of soups pureed. I was talking about a fun zucchini soup recipe. I'm like pureeing tastes like potato soup, but it's really zucchini. Um, I think also, and this is obviously I could talk about this for hours, but like so many parents are like, but I gave them the disgusting boiled Brussels sprouts and they, they, they spat them out. It's like, make your healthy food taste good people. Um, mm -hmm. you gotta make it delicious. It's just pour some love into it. And I think if you're, if you're serving them delicious things, um, and they, they, they may not come around. Like I have, you know, like Leah, my youngest didn't eat Brussels sprouts until like two days ago. And mm. why did he eat Brussels sprouts? A, because I make them really yummy and I like pan fry them with a little butter and salt and like make them taste delicious. And they're all crispy on the edges or kind of like chippy kind of. Um, but also like I've had, I mean, Brussels sprouts are just such a silly example, but like I have Brussels sprouts at home and we eat them and he sees us eating them. I don't force them down his throat. If he doesn't like Brussels sprouts, I can cut up some cucumbers. He likes little Israeli salads now. So, you know, I'll chop up tomatoes and cucumbers and let his vegetable. And I think eventually we sort of like streamline into like the general, you know, family table and what's, and what's being, what's on offer. Mm -hmm. Now you travel a lot um, or you did travel a lot before this all happened. How do you stay healthy and fit uh, from the inside out on the, on, on your travels? from eating to being mindful, uh, exercising in hotels or wherever you're about? How do you do it? It starts with a, it starts with a very strong reason why. And one of my, like one of my values, I would say, is to be healthy and fit because I'm the best version of myself when I am. Mm. And so, 
um, any strategy is only as good as the intention behind it. So it's just, it's so important for me. I cannot wake up in the morning and not move my body. Like it's just a part of what I do. Um, mm. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I'm like a weird, I'm weird about this because a lot of people complain that on the road, they're actually they, like, they're challenged with food and they're going out with friends and they're like not on a sleep pattern because my, my home life is so, um, like busy with, you know, managing the kitchen and the kids and everything else. I actually find when I'm away and I'm, my only job is to like do my work and not have to do the mom job. I actually feel like I'm healthier. You know, I like I go I, I, like when I'm in LA, which is used to be kind of often. I used to be in LA about once a month, and you know, I'll, I'll like have fun with going to take different classes and all my favorite teachers. And um, I think the change of scenery is like actually fun. Like I, I usually come back fitter in in a way. I don't know if it's a combination of like physically fitter, mindset fitter. I just I feel like it's it's just it, it used to be a really like a really healthy time for me. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, it's great. All that stuff is, you know, awesome. I think the biggest reason is that why, and we've talked about this so many times with so many different people on the podcast about like understanding your why, your intention, your purpose, um, which is so essential for anything in life. So that's, that's huge. And thanks for asking, answering that question. And I'm going to take a couple steps back and I want to, I want to find out you had mentioned, um, you know, growing up, you were a literally, you were different than your sister. You had more of a challenge being quote unquote skinnier, right? Um, why, and how did you get over that? Like, what did you do to help transform your mind and your body? Because people listening, you know, have probably experienced similar experiences and I want people to know how you did that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know exactly. I went on my first diet when I was 11 and I probably, I mean, I was not like fat, uh, you know, I'd like, whatever. I was like, I don't know, 10 pounds, eight pounds over, whatever it is like that, just mm -hmm. enough over me to like, but not that's enough as a, as a young, as a, a yeah, young exactly. woman, a young girl, like that's, that's a lot yeah. for kids. Yeah. Um, and I, why, I mean, I don't know. I think it was a combination of some genetics. Um, I mean, my, my parents both look amazing and they're great, but you know, my mom growing up. Also you do too now. I mean, you look amazing. And great. I mean, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. So, you know, my mom always had a couple pounds to lose or whatever. Um, and, but you know, uh, it wasn't like that's such a big deal, but, um, I like was not happy with myself and you know, mm -hmm. all my friends were wearing little tank tops and whatever, you know, and I was like, you know, self-conscious in my body. Also, like as you know, that age, you're you're always self-conscious in your body. So, coupled with the fact that I sort of wasn't happy with my weight and stuff, and so um, that was actually what inspired my whole fitness journey. I went. Um, I mean, I saw a nutritionist um, at that age and went through lots of unhealthy, uh, lots of unhealthy. I talk about this in the book. I talk about this a lot, but I went through lots of unhealthy dieting and yo-yoing and everything from starving myself to being on a juice diet and a lemonade diet and a cracker diet, believe it or not, that was a thing at the time. Like crackers were mm. healthy. That. <laughs> like, you know, gluten, like low fat gluten was like the, the, the Wasik, diet. Wasik, Wasik crackers. Oh, I, I was never into those, but like those like little saltine things. And I used to portion yeah. them out. Any ideas, listeners do not do this. This is very bad, but you know, I'd like eat one pack a day or whatever it was like so unhealthy. Mm. Um, 
And then I went kind of to the opposite extreme. And it wasn't really until, um, I guess, like the end of my high school years. Um, by the way, actually, to back up, um, in this process, I got really into fitness. So like part of my getting better was working out. And I think that there was a time when I was very addicted to exercise because it was my way of staying skinny or whatever. And, I, and then I started teaching fitness, um, actually <laughs> managed um, the gym that I taught at. I taught step aerobics and spin classes. I've been teaching that since I was 16. I'm now 42. And, Where was that? Uh, um, so I was living in Israel for a couple years when I managed the studio. And then back in New York, when I, um, when I started college, I was teaching at Equinox and New York Sports Clubs and personal mm -hmm. training. And you probably didn't know this about me, Steve. No, um, I didn't. And teaching Glad I asked classes. the question and stuff like that and so like it really wasn't until I started until I got married um and I think that helped like you know for a lot of us it's sort of like we find our equilibrium as we bounce with our partner and we were both healthy um and then you know then I started teaching yoga um about five years later um or something like that yeah, well, I started practicing yoga 19 years ago when I was pregnant with my oldest son. And I started teaching yoga a couple of years later. Um, and of course, when you're in a position, and I'm sure you can relate to this, but when you're in a position of being teacher, um, by the way, teacher could also be parent, you know, blah, 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 anything where you're um, a role model for other people. Um, it really kind of, well, at least in my experience, really forced me to be authentic with what I was teaching. And so like I couldn't have an eating disorder, which I could say out loud now because anyone who has a complicated relationship with food has some sort of eating disorder. Um, I, you know, I had to, I had to deal with that. I had to deal with the girl looking in the mirror and feeling fat. I mean, I'm a size zero now, like I'm not fat, right? But lots of like inner fat girls that are a size zero still look in the mirror and like, do I look fat in this, you know? And then, of course, now I have a 12-year-old who is, like, wondering that. And, like, how the heck can I possibly inspire her to feel healthy in her body if I don't feel healthy in mine? And so, you know, over the years of parenting it's, and, and teaching, it's been, you know, how can I get over that stuff? Like, it's all just a story mm. in my head. And, mm. um, you know, and, and just to kind of sum it up, uh, we, we all have to find – that equilibrium in our own bodies, right? Like that place where we know how much our body needs to be fed. We know how much our body needs to work out. We know how, how we, we know the state of our mind in order to be in that place where we're like, okay. And once you like know where that place is for you, that little midline, then you can sort of zig and zag in between your midline, a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that. And I still don't go completely off the deep end and feel crap about myself because I overate on Thanksgiving. I know how to like balance that. So it's like you eat a little too much today and you like, eh, tomorrow you go for a little run, you feel better, like everything's fine. And so, um, and, uh, you know, and of course, like eating, indulging in treats, like being, being, like being human, like finding that midline place where you're just, you know, where you're, where you're feeding yourself and taking care of yourself or whatever. I'm blabbing now, but you get what I'm saying. No, it's not, it's not a blab. It's a great conversation. And I'm glad that I went there with that because it was really valuable um, because people need to hear and understand that, you know, us who are teachers and role models, we're not perfect. We're not, we are human. We have had, you know, our challenges through our life and, 
it's important for them to feel related to us and for us to relate to them to get our points across, to get our message message through. And it's it is it is a struggle. I I mean I've been challenged. Um, I wouldn't say I've had an eating disorder, but I have been very very conscientious about what I eat. You know, at certain times where I just wanted to be as fit as I could be. Like I mean, ripped to you know shreds, veins, and like. And I did that, and I felt really good to be honest. It was like a great place to be. But the challenge that I had was that I wasn't people couldn't relate to me and where I wasn't relatable and I go out and hang out and you know, people would like, I don't know. I just couldn't, I couldn't find myself connecting and they couldn't connect to me. And so I became uh, a little isolated, you know, in a sense. Uh, so in the past five, six years, uh, you know, I'm now way more balanced and I'll eat ice cream. I will have, you know, a, like a scoop of ice cream. I'll, I'll, you know, indulge in a treat, like, you know, a, a paleo cookie, you know, uh, or whatever it is, it's healthier treats. Um, and I just do all the well-balanced things and I actually feel really good since we've been on this home, uh, safe at home here in Los Angeles, you know, Equinox has, has uh, frozen all their memberships and I'm a member at Equinox, even though I own my own fitness studio, I need to get out and that's like my office. So, um, I haven't been working out in the way that I have, but I got to tell you, I feel better. Like I'm waking up without like crickety cracks and or like pains or discomforts. Like I wake up, I take my dog for a long walk. Maybe I'll jog a little bit or do some calisthenics along that walk. And I put on, I sweat a little bit and I feel wonderful. Um, I don't know. And it's like, I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking two, two reasons why I'm not going to maybe join um, or reinstate my membership once we can is one, I'm not sure I really trust, you know, that things are going to be really that sanitized. Um, and two, I don't know if I really need it. I have my kind of like enjoying the way I'm doing things. I built up a new habit of like taking my dog for a walk early in the morning before things have get going and I'm sweating and moving my body in ways that feel good. And, um, and I'm waking up feeling good and I feel good throughout the day. So it's like, I think this time, and we talked about this earlier, um, and I want you to, you know, comment on this for our last comment, um, is, you know, this time is a, an opportunity to reboot, to restructure, you know, uh, new ways of being. And however that looks for you, it's all a habit, right? It's the consistency. And I've been on record. I've probably said this dozens of times on this podcast, if you've been listening, consistency is the most important thing when you want to create health and fitness in your life, when you want to have better results in any area of your life, the consistency, the work is important. So, you know, do whatever it is today. Um, and again, tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day to be a little better, to tweak it a little more and be, you know, come out of this, um, you know, with some more, with a new way of being so that your life is healthier and fit. Um, and you can, you know, be happier and live life with passion um, and enjoy every day because you don't know. I mean, a pandemic like this, you know, could be in the future again in our lifetime. Who knows? You know, we want to be prepared for that. So, what are your thoughts on that? In closing, you know, just giving people some motivation and inspiration to help them through this time and get out of this, you know, feeling better and be renewed. So, as you were talking, I thought of a really interesting insight. <clears throat> and And this is like super weirdly personal also, but as women, we, and and actually that's not fair. 
it might be for men too. Um, but as a woman, I often like want my body to be in its optimal shape to like fit into that little black dress or like, I'm going to be on TV tomorrow. Like I want to look, you know, I, I want to look good. And, and I think a lot of us um, have this sort of inner motivation to like tailor our diet and exercise routines and, and, and our whys can sometimes also be a little superficial. Like I want to look good. Mm-hmm. That why is very superficial because guess what? You're going to get older. Your boobs are going to sag. Things are going to sag. You know, like that is the reality, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're like the inspo to just look good is a, it, you're, it's a battle against time and all this kind of stuff, right? And it's not long lasting. And what I'm, I'm, I'm just formulating this thought because as you were talking, it came to me. But I was thinking like, I have been, I'm like in as good of a shape at home than I am, you know, on the road in LA or when I'm going to the gym or whatever it is, right? And, and our options are now limited. And I'm still waking up at five o'clock in the morning to do my yoga practice and all these things. And I'm like, it's funny because your, your motivation right now at home, guys, to stay fit and healthy and and, and yes, that also comes along with like looking good. For me, looking good means feeling my best. When I look good, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I got this. And I feel confident and amazing. And I'm not like hiding things and da 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 right? Like I just feel my best. And I'm not doing this right now to be seen. Because, I mean, you and I are talking on video. I'm in pajamas. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, whatever. Um, none of us are being seen right now. And yet, True. so many people are sitting at home like working out and being our fittest self. Is it really just so you emerge from quarantine, like superstarring it? Like, is it really so that you could fit into the dress for like next year's party? No, it's because yeah. we, know we feel better when we don't like sleep at night and have the love handle, like blue block, whatever, like, I'm not gonna know what I'm, but um, we're doing it for ourselves yeah. because because being healthy and fit is not for anybody else. It's so that you feel good about yourself. It's so you have energy. Like we, I'm in a four-story house right now. It's so that I could sprint up and down the stairs, back and forth up to my little kid's room delivering water without huffing and puffing. And it's so that like in 10 years from now, God willing, when I have grandchildren, I can still like, you know, run around after them. That's my motivation to be my best self. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It doesn't matter what country you're traveling in. It doesn't matter what city you're quarantined in. Being healthy is about being confident and, and, and really taking care of your health. And listen, as we know, the, the, the healthier you are right now, I mean, without scare tactics, like we know that your immunity is very much connected to how, um, how well you're taking care of yourself. So, you know, go take care of yourself. Neely, that was Awesome. <laughs> what a great way to end that conversation and this podcast. Um, I love it. I'm super stoked that we went there and that you had that, that thought after my comments. Um, really awesome. Love connecting with you. You're amazing. Keep doing all the great things you're doing. I love getting again those emails from you. And why don't you give us a uh, plug where everybody can follow you and get those emails that I also receive so they can follow yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram um, all the time these days at the Flexible Chef. Yep. You can get you can sign up for my newsletter if you want to get. I give lots of, as you know, lots of tidbits and recipes and all sorts of 
little very simple things every week in my newsletter. So you can sign up on, uh, on there's a pop-up on the website. We're actually giving away um, a free menu planner. Every week I menu plan. And so I, I wanted it to be easier for you to menu plan. And I put together a cute little PDF that you could print and follow. Um, so you could sign up. And the up website and is theflexiblechef.com. Flexiblechef.com. Flexible, not the flexible. The flexible. The flexible. Chef. The flexible Great. Well, listen, everybody. I mean, Neely's the real deal. Uh, again, she's been on here two times. That episode, if you want to listen to that first one, is episode number nine on the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. Uh, it was one of the very first ones that I did. So uh, it's not one of the best, but she's a, she's great on it. Um, and uh, we definitely like turned it up a notch or two here. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Neely, for being a guest. Have an awesome day in Israel and stay safe, you and your family. And uh, until we meet again, thanks everybody for listening. Stay healthy and fit. For more information or support on how you can be healthy and fit, visit my website at stevejordan.com or follow me on Instagram at stevejordanlifestyle. Subscribe to I Am Healthy and Fit wherever you are listening so you don't miss any future episodes that could better your health and fitness. One last favor, friends. Please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Your rating and comments not only help my podcast reach more people, but you could literally be saving someone's life who found it because of your feedback. Thanks again for listening and stay healthy and fit.